What is the most overrated popular film? Wow. Kyle wants to start fights. I'm looking to pick a brawl here with society. (laughs) I'm going to go with the, as of today, unreleased Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie so coming out October 13th. <laughs> yeah, because that is going to like end the world, huh? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like though, it's like our new Y2K. And you stating that opinion is going to lose our audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the notorious Swifty demographic on Butter No yeah. Parsnips. <laughs> but, but, uh, Butter No Parswifts. <laughs> oh, wow. changing the name already. <laughs> Uh, Emily, you got a, a film? I mean, I, a tenant I did not care for. Oh. It really it was just like oh. all explosions and car chases and no, you, all the substance didn't make sense. Well, it billed itself as like a cerebral uh, film, but it didn't really, none of it made sense. It was dumb. I didn't like it. I loved it. I mean, I, well, I also saw it in the, that was the first movie I saw in theaters during the pandemic. Yeah. So I think I was just happy to be in a movie theater. <laughs> there was one theater that was playing all of my childhood home movies, which was weird. That was the first movie I saw during the pandemic. That's a movie that you think is overrated, Kyle, that everybody loves? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that everybody loves. And I was just like, eh. The production value was lackluster. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Speaking of lackluster production value, hey everybody, welcome to Butter No Parsnips. <laughs> I am Emily Moyers. And I'm Kyle Imperator, and today we have a guest parsnip with us. What? Ronnie Gross Jr. Say hi, Ronnie. Hi, everybody. Wow. So, uh, Kyle, what is Ron an expert in that we're bringing him in as a guest? Oh, Ron is an expert in nothing. He's got no knowledge. And that's why we're having him on as a guest today. That is correct. (laughs) Today's experiment is, can two experts and a total idiot talk about any word? (laughs) Well, in this episode, I'm also the idiot, Ron. Only Kyle knows the word. Oh, Emily... I've waited my whole life for you to call yourself an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you at home, Ronnie is an actor and musician based out of Orlando, Florida. He is a former host of the movie podcast Coffee Clutch with Ron and Jill. He's my first friend ever and enjoys running a bit into the ground. Ronnie... Why don't you tell the folks a little more about yourself? Well, I I think I'm legally obligated to be on this podcast. I am (laughs) here to show the the, or introduce the audience to your new Patreon level of $5,000. If you you subscribe to Butter No Bar Steps at the $5,000 level, you too can buy your way into the podcast. That's right. And and become Kyle's first and best first friend. friend ever <laughs> yeah yeah we can rewrite can... history like tenant 
It's at the same time a high bar, but also a low bar, you know? <laughs> I'm going to change all of my memories for just $5,000. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. So, Ron, with yes. Coffee Clutch, you guys were attempting to watch through AFI's top 100 movies, right? That is correct. Tell me a little about your experiences doing that. So, yeah, because there are, I think there are several podcasts who try to do the same thing, but I think part of the charm was I was doing this with my Aunt Jill, who I love her. To, she, she is my favorite. Don't tell the others. <laughs> but no, we, like, we've always had this camaraderie between the two of us. And so we said, like, why don't we start a podcast? So we just watched the movie every week and then talked about it and then inevitably talked about whatever else was going on in, on Long Island, New York. <laughs> Did you guys agree on your movie opinions? Did you have strong the, opinions about popular the, films? I think, yeah, for the most part, we had similar tastes and similar opinions to both uh, or to all the movies that we watched. The only one I think <laughs> that we were not on the same page about was Song of the South, which was not on, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, oh, no. on the list. Yikes. Oh, no. So we, I, I think we, that's where we ended the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ron. So here's how this is going to go down. Okay. Okay. I have a secret special word for you two, and you two are going to have to try to define the word using the power of friendship, <laughs> and when you inevitably can't, I will reveal a world of secrets to you. I can't wait because I, I'm going to know the word. I th I'm going to bet my $5,000 that I <laughs> already contributed to Better Than Parsons <laughs> that I'm going to know this word. Boy, it's very possible. What a, what a bold, bold boy you are, Ron. Bold He's a bold, boy. bold boy. <laughs> okay, okay, everyone ready? Loins yes. girded? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Your word today is greeble. Oh. G-R-E-E-B-L-E. -E -E. Greeble. Greeble? Greeble. I told you I'd know the word. Ron. Yeah. If you tell me course. you know this word, I'm gonna leave this podcast. <laughs> oh my god, it's a family it's a family word. A family what does that word? Even mean? Is my my fam my family for generations, <laughs> the grossest for generations have of oft talked about this word, oft used this word. Yeah. 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 That's yes. actually where it originated. I mean Oh from the gross clan. Yeah, the Greeble Grosses. The Greeble Gross clan, yeah. Um yeah. well, all right. If you actually know it, I would like a moment to guess. Because I have a guess. I'm gonna let you guess. Yeah. Is there a hint, Kyle? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a hint. Do you want to know that uh, what kind of piece of language it is? Oh, part of language I it is? assumed it's a noun, but now I'm nervous. <laughs> well, it is a noun. It can also be used as a verb. To greeble? Oh, to mm -hmm. greeble? Uh, can I have a hint? Your hint is starship. <laughs> so that supports what I think it is. Oh, I'm so worried I'm wrong because it's a hyper-specific guess that I have. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just right. So, but in that case, I want to hear what Ron's guess is. All right, oh, first, Ron, you go. Sure. Oh yeah, no, to greeble. The verb to greeble oh. is is to um to puree. Um, uh -huh. Betty Grable. <laughs> what? 
we, Ron said, it's been only I definitely done know once. this word. My family uses it all the time. We're always blending We're, Betty Grable. Always. Oh, oh. There's only been one Griebling ever. The, the great Griebel of 1956. Yeah, the, the great gross Griebel. I fully believed you, Ron. Oh, Emily, you silly, silly witch. <laughs> Kyle, is this a thing involved in model making? Wow. It may be, Emily. So I think in model making, Greebles, or as Adam Savage calls them, Greeblies, are uh-huh. like the little the little bits on models. Like the little, I forget if it's like the little bits that you need to cut away that were left over from molding the plastic, or the little bits that you have to stick on to make it look good. It's one of those two things. Emily and Ron in association, <laughs> that second one is the answer. The second one is the it. bits that you add. Yeah. So a greeble is a small piece of detailing added to break up the surface of an object and add visual interest, particularly in movie special effects. Yeah. So to greeble means to add greebles to a surface. Sure. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do do you understand that, Ron? Because like, what the hell does that mean is what I, like, I had to keep reading this over and over again to (laughs) understand. I thought I was pureeing a human. Please explain more. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, basically, it's like when you have a flat surface and you put like random things on it to make it look interesting. Yeah. So like you're making your tiny Millennium Falcon and you just have a, a surface of gray plastic, but then you add little windows and you put little fake Duh, dirt stains in it so it looks worn and yeah mm-hmm, stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah i think it may get a little bit more specific than that but we're, we're, we'll get into that we'll get into it all right okay so greebling can be done both practically as an on models but it can also be done with computer graphics technology as well uh, can you guys name of any i mean emily you kind of already have but can you name any films or tv shows where greebling might have been used as a part of the production i mean star wars for sure yeah star wars is this only for sci-fi or is this i think of it in conjunction with miniatures with miniatures well we'll get we'll get all into that okay (laughs) so yeah star wars is a good one it isn't clear where the term originates Um, It's possible that it came about in Los Angeles art schools in the late 60s, meaning something like a fussy detail. Yeah. You know? Little greebles, little details. Little greebles, yeah. But there is is better evidence, though, that the term was first used by the special effects team behind a certain space opera. Uh, Which space opera do you guys think that was? (laughs) Yeah, Ron, of all the space operas, which do you think it might Um, be? Probably uh, uh, Jason 10 when he goes (gasps) to space. Jason 10? Oh, man. (laughs) 
I don't even know what Jason Tan is. <laughs> Kyle, you clearly have never done a deep dive on any of the Jason movies. Because <laughs> it's a space opera we've already mentioned here. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. I just love the idea of George Lucas, like trying to just like articulate what he wants out of this movie that nobody is understanding. Cause it's the first yeah. one in like 1971 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. Just, just can you just grieve a little, little? like and people like, Greebles. what? <laughs> Greebles. Yeah. Just, I, and more Greebles, more Greebles on, on the millennium Falcon. George, what are you talking what? about? <laughs> Yeah, you know, just you know, you, you got the you got the big uh, walking carpet guy, and he's just he's gargling around. Just, uh, just greeble him a little bit. Gargling around. Okay, can, you haven't defined the word greeble once. <laughs> well, and then he and then he throws his fresh coffee at an intern and it storms <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> no one can understand this word he just made up. <laughs> then turns to the intern and says, "Get me a new coffee." <laughs> While well, he's his skin is scalding hot, yeah. Um, Ron, I can't tell you how close to the truth you are there. Really? So, yeah. So we're going to start at the beginning. So if, imagine, yes, like the Star Wars, like kind of a brand new conceptualization of sci-fi, right? Yeah, like action sci-fi. Yeah, well, yeah, and just like the visual looks were very different yeah, from sure. like previous sci-fi endeavors. So the the concept art for Star Wars was all done by a man named Ralph McQuarrie, and his designs for characters like R two D two and settings like the starships incorporated lots of like vents and panels and robot type gadgets on them to make it look like interesting you know yeah okay the direction that him and george lucas wanted to go in for the film was like way more realistic than other sci-fi films had previously looked there i was reading that they were like influenced by westerns and they were influenced by a lot more realistic movies because the sci-fi movies at the time were kind of like chrome and you know minimalist yeah but like star wars looked kind of gritty like everyday dirty you know right exactly well, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a, yeah like when tattooing like it's all it's all just dirt yeah everything has to look like there has been sand in it for centuries <laughs> yeah. everyone looks like yeah. pig pen from the peanuts just walking around in space <laughs> yes. Yes. yeah so the design team struggled <laughs> to figure out how to make this like look work on a tight budget because it it like just by nature of like it being realistic meant that everything had to look lived in. So there had to be like lots of things and like a lot of attention had to be paid to these details, you know? Yeah. So in hoping to emulate this look cheaply, designer Roger Christian says in his memoir, Cinema Alchemist, that he visited a film rental facility where amongst his finds was a box of 1950s airplane air nozzles and reading lamps. (laughs) And he ultimately left with a box of them and other old bits of scrap. And he said that this moment, this event, him leaving with this box of scrap provided him the germ of the idea of using scrap and junk as a solution to getting the look that he envisaged for Star Wars. So he was like, wait, this whole movie's about junk. Let's just use (laughs) junk (laughs) instead of making new things for it. (laughs) 
That's so funny. But like that is sort of the look is all like repurposed garbage. <laughs> That's the whole scene in like in Star Wars, like when they're going to like when when Luke and and Uncle Owen go to buy C three PO and R two D two, like like the, like the junk yeah. bin just rolls yeah. into town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just exactly. Like, Let's just see what kind of garbage we can buy today. <laughs> yeah, and that's all garbage that he bought somewhere right. or found. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. of that airplane reading lamp that he picked up, Christian says, this little greebly I added, the <gasps> first one to go onto the little mock-up robot of R2-D2 has remained as a part of R2-D2's character ever since. It was the first thing that he purchased and it was the first thing that he put on R2-D2 oh, wow. and it like stayed. It became wow. a part of his character. So what just part, on a the, little, the little like light that's on him? Yeah, if you look at R2-D2. Everybody listening right now, pull yeah. up a picture of R2-D2. Yeah. Maybe in your mind palace if you need to. <laughs> you see in the center there's the you know his eye which is that like kind of circle yeah yes. and then down just a little bit and to the right is like a nozzle like thing i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about the that's, that's just from out. an airplane read like on a like a reading lamp from an airplane in the 50s Hilarious. that he was like eh, i could put it here that might work fantastic and it looks like like if you're just to, like cr2d2 you'd be like oh what could he what could he use all those things for, for scanning <laughs> things or you know it like must a, be it's important <laughs> Yeah. So, and did he just invent Greebly in that journal entry? So, no. So, I wrote here, you won't guess who the name came from, but Ronnie kind of did. So, Christian writes in his memoir, Greebly's was the name George came up with one day. That's so George Lucas basically walked up to them one day and said, uh... Stick some Greeblies on them. <laughs> really good, George Lucas. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I've been really practicing. Good. Really good. Really, really good. Yeah. So he basically said that, and Christian says, oh, wow. we liked the name. It was so appropriate for what I was doing, and as there was no name for this, as it was a new invention that I had come up with, we christened anything that we stuck onto found objects as Greeblies from then on to give them the Star Wars natural look. And he says that the rest of the crew like called everything Greeblies for the rest of filming. Wow. So I was right. So it was Greeblies first and then it got shortened to Greeble. That's what it seems like. Yeah. It's like it, it's been called Greeble, Greebly or Greeblies or Greeble or Greebles over time. It, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. No, Gre- Greeble sounds like a Star Wars character <laughs> or like a, a race of aliens. It does. Greeble it shot does. first. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 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 Emily, I'm going to murder you. But so, yeah, so he says that the Greeblies gave the Star, you know, created this natural look that they were going for for Star Wars. That aesthetic that Star Wars kind of sort of invented for sci fi is an aesthetic that is now called used future. That's a fun name for that. Isn't that a great name? That's an oxymoron. What do you mean? Well, but it's like a future I mean, with an implied past. Yeah, but it's the future. Yes. How could the past be in the future? Well, every That's time has a different past. That is how. That is how. The <laughs> how, past do you, how do you think we got works. to the future? There was a past before it. <laughs> yeah, but if it's used future, that's just saying that like tomorrow was yesterday's tomorrow. Or <laughs> no, that's, that's not yeah, right. Ron. I think as I think Ron's brain is time traveling inside of his skull right now. <laughs> tomorrow was yesterday's tomorrow. <laughs> Today is yesterday's tomorrow, and tomorrow is... Oh, I'm sorry. This 
I'm getting brain brain juices coming out of my ears right now. Sorry. It's some horrifying FDR speech. Okay. So so Greeblies were used on more than just R2D2. They were used throughout Star Wars' production. Yeah. They were used on the Stormtrooper weapons. They were used on the costumes for the Tuscan Raiders. Mm. They were used in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Christian's memoir talks about Greeblies in so many different areas. But was it a thing in the miniatures as well? Like like the spaceship miniatures or anything? Right. So Greebling as a term, as a as an action, also broadened past the production of Star Wars. It, the meaning broadened to mean using very complex, realistic parts on exterior sets to imply a sense of scale. So like was done on the Imperial Star Destroyers and the Death Star in Star Wars, those were models, right? right. That mm-hmm. were uh, that had the Greebling applied to the exterior of the model to make it seem like, oh, space is so big, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would like seem more detailed so it seemed bigger right right so it seemed like wow yeah there's so many details on there how you know how big must this thing be there are some other sci-fi endeavors that have employed this technique can you think of any others i would have to imagine a star trek yeah yeah star trek uses a lot yeah that makes sense uh lord of the rings is the one i mentioned before i don't know how much greebling happens in lord of the rings I mean, the, the, I know they did lots of miniatures stuff. Yes. I, yes. I mean, they absolutely work with models and miniatures. Uh, tell us other movies, Kyle. So visual effects designer Ron Thornton, he used Greebling on the TV series Babylon 5. Oh. But he didn't call them Greebles or Greeblies. He called them Nernies, <gasps> which is a term that we think think perhaps might have predated that production period. So he might have gotten that from somewhere else. We just don't know when. The earliest we can uh, uh, attest it to is Babylon 5. Wow. Nernies are fun. They sound like aliens too. The wars between the Nernies and the Greeblies has waged (laughs) for millennia. (laughs) Ron, give us the trailer for that movie. The war between the Greeblies and the the, the, what what is the other word? The The Nernies. (laughs) Yeah. 75,000 years have passed. The Nernies scavenge off the land. Oh. They live off of dirt and water, which they okay. gather from their own pores, their sweats. The Greenies oh. live in a high land covered with grass and trees and, and, and dew drops. The Greenies are covered in grass? They no, live the in land. the land. Keep up, Kyle. You gotta see the vision. Yeah. (laughs) Is this on the scrolling text? (laughs) Yeah, this is like a Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All this. (laughs) Yeah, you don't get to see any of it. You have to read it all. You have to read it, and like it's 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 going just a little bit too fast. (laughs) People pause. It's not keeping up with the narrator. (laughs) <laughs> so before Star Wars used their Greeblies and Babylon 5 used their Nernies, the model making team for 2001 A Space Odyssey Ooh. employed the same process, but they called it wigeting. And they called their Greebles wiggets and their artists wiggeters. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. These yeah. nerds gotta just stop. <laughs> they gotta stop almost 
committing hate crimes and just cre- <laughs> they are the wickets and Gerbils and and Gerbils <laughs> Gerbils Narcusi baby buggy uh, bumper. <laughs> They're they're just it's like they're trying to get away with a slur and I hate it. <laughs> In their defense, the 2001 team was British, so they don't understand, you know. Oh, was, and the uh, British are just all racist. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea for this visual effects technique of greebling has its origins in something called kit bashing. Come on. <laughs> 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 Come on, I think kit bashing is what the Brits call <laughs> masturbation. Boy, <laughs> 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 I've just finished up some kit bashing. I've just finished up. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay guys, Let's sorry I'm late. I was in the was, <laughs> I was just get bashing with some gerbils. With some gerbils. <laughs> this needs to good, stop because none of it can go in. Oh, I think it's all gonna go in, Emily. <laughs> well that's what happens when you bring me on as a guest. <laughs> So a kit bashing comes from professional model making, and it's the idea of using pieces from existing commercial kits to create a new model. Yes, I have heard of this. I did not know the term. And I can tell you where the term comes from. You ready for that? I'm ready. I'm ready. So Brian Johnson, who was a model maker for 2001 A Space Odyssey, said that he picked up the term kit bashing from his time in the Royal Air Force, where kit bashing referred to polishing uniforms. So bashing was like polishing the brass buttons and kit is another term for a uniform, for a uniform or yeah. for your out- outfit. And this was the lead singer of ACDC, you said? Yeah, I was going to say, not the same Brian Johnson. It's a different Brian Johnson. So when he he was working on the sci-fi puppet show Thunderbirds, you guys ever heard of this show? Of course not, Kyle. What crazy thing is that? Never in my life. So Thunderbirds is a sci-fi puppet show. It was a pretty cool thing. But Brian Johnson was working on this sci-fi puppet show Thunderbirds. And he and the designer Derek Meddings were using lots of plastic kits in it. And he just swapped the term kit as in uniform for kit as in plastic model bits. Right. And just started calling what they were doing kit bashing. Ah. And it became the term for kit bashing in model making but that is just how slang happens you know just like one guy says it and here we are (laughs) kit bashing is useful for a few reasons first it helps speed up the production process right because you don't have to spend hours creating new details from scratch Mm -hmm. it can also be used to hide things for example the detailing around the side of the millennium falcon you know how there's like kind of like a a little indent all around the side of it with like a bunch of little doodly dads greebles inside of it. I believe Uh you. (laughs) It's there to hide a seam where the top of the model can be removed between takes. (laughs) That makes sense. You gotta hide your crimes. I have something to say. Um, Could this be used for, because going back to Star Wars, Boba Fett, Boba Mm -hmm. Fett's costume was, Mm -hmm. I think originally, just a painted stormtrooper outfit. Can that be used in the same context? 
or is this uh, bullshit? I mean, you're you're I, like as it's in related because you're like repurposing yeah. another thing. Yeah, kit bashing is Carl more specifically like kit bashing is more specifically used. It's a model making term, so it's it's referring to taking disparate parts from other models and repurposing them to be a new thing to make like a franken model yeah got it i don't know uh maybe in the sense that kit is an outfit it's that's, kit bashing that's, where, that's, that's a, it's a new was, that's a new meaning of kit bashing ron's coining new words right he's now. coining new words here yeah <laughs> the last reason why kit bashing is useful is that as ryan lambie states in his 2018 den of geek article Kit bashing also provides the audience with a subconscious link between the real world and the fantastical one on the screen. Ooh. So in Star Wars, it's like one of the ways that it kind of helps make it feel lived in is because you can say, oh, I recognize some of these like bits of junk. They look like airline parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it feels more real to me now. Yeah. I, I yeah. wholly concur. I feel like the yeah. world of Star Wars feels very like viscerally close. Like I could I could reach out and touch it. I mean, I was there today. <laughs> I went to Star Wars and everything was so brown and so beige and so lived in. <laughs> Do you know they are Coca-Cola? <laughs> Um, Now, you don't want your greebles to be too recognizable, though, uh, which is why many model makers stick with industrial and military parts when they're kit bashing. For example, the feet on the ATST Walker are said to be from a model of a tank destroyer, which is a type of an armored vehicle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So next time you're looking at one of those, you can say, oh, that's where that came from. (laughs) And kit bashing is also used for greebling in the CGI community, where kits and plugins are created utilizing collections of various CGI models that have been cobbled together from the internet, but put in one place for people to use for greebling. That's so fun. That's so convenient. It's like a little wiki commons for CGI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so great? Amazing. But like they they only like gather the ones that like they think will be useful for, you know, sci-fi. It's just thrifting. It's just it thrifting. Yeah. Like sci-fi thrifting. Love it. And lastly, greebling and kickbashing are also used practically in the Lego community. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. So like when you put on the little stickers? No. So it's exactly how greebling works in film and in CGI. Oh, where like kit bashing? Yeah, where you find like detailing pieces from a bunch of other places and put them on your models. Delightful. Adorable. So in fact, you might just find Lego modelers using miscellaneous detailing bricks to create complex Lego models, say, of the starships from Star Wars, perhaps. but not using the kit for the starship from Star Wars. (laughs) No, they'd use, yeah, exactly. They use Uh, miscellaneous. That's just Lego building with more steps. (laughs) Yeah. But more creativity, Ron. Yeah. More individuality. Fancier. You should look up some of like the really crazy like Millennium Falcon models for Lego. Would you Google that as like kit bashing Lego or greebling Lego? It is a term that they use in the Lego community, greebling. Wow. Really? Amazing. 
And uh, Griebel is also used in psychology in a completely different Crazy. sense. It's got a completely different meaning. And it's used in a couple other niche areas, which we don't have time for. There's like a couple other meanings for Griebel, which are fun. But perhaps look out for that on the Patreon at a lower than $5,000 tier. <laughs> uh, we may you talk mean about to tell me I spent my life savings on this and I didn't even need to? Kyle, can yeah. it? I told him that was the lowest level he could pledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just kidding, Ron. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> uh, but you didn't make a mistake by coming on here. Ron, Emily, that was Griebel. What'd you guys think? Wow. I liked Griebel. I like Griebel. <laughs> I like Griebel. That's oh, good. God, I'm glad. Melting. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's blending himself like Betty Grable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Those are her last words. I love Griebel. I love Griebel. <laughs> um, this was a great word, Kyle. And everything you brought up was so fascinating. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you. Good, Ron. I'm so glad. I hope you learned something today. I hope he did too, because <laughs> the next part of this is, Ron, can you use Griebel in a sentence? Oh, don't make me do this. <laughs> so funny. Abject horror. <laughs> <laughs> Can I use Griebel in a sentence? Um, I like to Griebel when... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Use a word you just learned about and then speak about it. <laughs> Why don't you try and use it as a noun, Ron? Um... Griebel. Oh, no. Wow, she's going to start with Griebel? <laughs> Ron was about to recite a haiku about Griebelies. <laughs> uh, George Lucas loves mm. to Griebel mm-hmm. all of his coffee onto an intern. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I, I think maybe we can follow it up with Emily. Would you like to try she using Griebel in sentence? <laughs> All right. Um, all of the Greeblies on the inside of the 2001 spaceship make the movie feel so much more detailed and beautiful. Oh, so Lovely. elegant. Lovely. <laughs> Two so perfect, great. equally Two good perfect sentences. Uses of, yeah. Are you guys ready for a game? Yes, I'm ready for a game. Me too. Awesome. Your game today is called I Find Your Lack of Greeblies Disturbing. So So, Star Wars aliens have notoriously crazy names. So it shouldn't be much of a surprise that George Lucas came up with Greebly off the top of his head as he did with all the other Star Wars aliens. (laughs) What is crazy, though, is that there are other equally crazy terms in the special effects lexicon. Sure. That makes sense. So I'm going to give you guys a word, and you're going to have to guess, is this a special effect word or a Star Wars alien? Oh. Okay. okay. And this is going to be competitive. We're gonna, I'm going to oh, tally. Crap. All right? You're all right. both going to guess. Oh, Emily, don't. Oh, crap. You're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I might not. Who knows? Okay. Not. You guys ready for your first word? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to guess. Your first word is bokeh. B-O-K-E-H, bokeh. 
bokeh. Oh. I'm going to go Star Wars Alien. I think this is a film thing, so I'm going to go special effects. Wow. Two opposite sides of the spectrum hey, here. Hey, listen, there's no point in competing if we're going to pick the same thing, you know? I mean, absolutely true. I mean, uh, uh, do you guys have reasonings for choosing those, or is it just feelings-based? It's solely everything I do. Kyle, everything I do on this podcast <laughs> in life is wow. based on feeling. Ron good, 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 good. is led by his heart in everything. <laughs> by his heart. But my heart. Well, his, his heart led him astray this time <gasps> because bokeh is a special effects term. Nice. Bokeh is a photographic term for the aesthetic quality of out-of-focus areas created by a camera lens. So basically, when your camera isn't focused and all the lights are those blurry little dots, that is the quality of bokeh. That's what I thought. That's a problem when I see that in everyday life, right? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. as a glasses wearer, I know what you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially when you're driving at night yeah. on the highway. Oh, God. <laughs> I love looking at Christmas trees with my glasses on. Oh, those are the best. So, so bokeh comes from the Japanese bokeh, oh. B-O-K-E, which means blur. And that comes from bokeru, which means to blur. Amazing. Your next word is Kukaloris. Oh my God. <laughs> C U C O L O R I S. Kukaloris. I'm going to go special effects term. If that's anything other than an alien, I'm going to explode. Oh boy, Emily, get ready to explode. <laughs> <laughs> because a Kukaloris is a special effects term. What on earth does it's, it mean? It's got color <laughs> right in the word, Emily. That is not even where it comes from, Ron, surprisingly. <laughs> a kukaloris is a device placed in front of a light that casts shadows or silhouettes for patterned illumination. Okay. They're often called cookies on film sets. That's so fun. Uh... We have no idea where the name comes from. There's a million suggestions for what it could be. They range from an eponym from the film director George Cukor to coming from the German Kokolores, which means nonsense or silly display. Wow. Kokolores, Kokolores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, put yeah, themselves yeah. on the film. <laughs> That's what that song is about. <laughs> you okay, guys, you ready? gotta listen to Ron's music. It's all <laughs> that good. <laughs> <laughs> Your next one is Vecnoid. V E K N O I D. Vecnoid. I love Stranger Things. <laughs> what are you thinking, Ron? Because I'm, I know what I'm thinking. I know. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's a Star Wars creature. It's gotta be right. It's I, gotta be. I think. I think we'll agree on this one. Okay, you're both correct. It God. is a Star Wars creature. So, uh, what is uh, the planet of origin? I can actually tell you, Ron. <gasps> Ooh. Vecnoids are a species of aliens from the planet Munus Mandel. Uh, Munus Mandel. And they're, they're notable for their large underbites, slender tails, and fleshy ears. <sighs> you might recognize the most famous Vecnoid. He was the flamboyant pod racer pilot Timto Pagales from Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Wow. Everyone's favorite Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. We all love Vecnoids. I've got three Vecnoid plushes on my bed right now. (laughs) Your next one is Squib. 
S-Q-U-I-B, squib. Oh, I mean, okay. that's just a word. That's just a word. That's a that's a Harry Potter word, though. It, it, well, it, yes, you but it's, it's also, I think, Potter British word. slang. I'm gonna well, say what does it mean a, in Harry Potter land? In Harry Potter land, it means someone who was born to wizard parents but doesn't have magic. In oh. British slang, it means something that turns out to be a dud. Like a so damp squib is something that turns out to be nothing. Mm-hmm. I'd okay, have to imagine that alien that's, it's not an a alien. special effects term. I think it's a special effects term. I think it's a special effects term, but because we're playing for points, we can't both have the same <sighs> answer. It's true. And all right. So, so, so Emily, since I'm the guest, you have to change your answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll say it's an alien. <laughs> okay. Emily says it's an alien. Ron says it's special effects, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Well, you're both correct. What? So, (laughs) squibs are fox-like creatures with doe-like eyes from the planet Score 2, known for collecting knickknacks and their love of trading. The king of the squibs, King Ebery Bavibidi, (laughs) ruled the squib polyanarchy when he declared the Jedi Order to be Kuvi, which is a squibian basic slang word that implies extreme reverence and adoration. I love everything you just said. I'm I'm still <laughs> baffled that we both were correct. Well, squibs are also special effects terms. A squib is a small tablet-shaped firecracker-like explosive used to create the practical effect of getting hit with a bullet, often paired with fake blood. <gasps> oh. oh. Those are called squibs. squibs. Yeah. Amazing. Now you've got a term for that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to shoot fake bullets at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ron does say, that all the time. Eat my squid. He does it all the time. <laughs> okay, are you guys ready for the last one? This is for all the marbles. Okay, this is all it. the marbles. The last one is teak. T e e k teak. Go to tickly. That's <gasps> e t though. Um. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Star Wars. I will go special effects. I have no clue, so I'm happy that Ron picked first. <laughs> So, Ron is correct. <gasps> wow. Teak is an alien. That means Ron wins the game. Yes, it does. But honestly, it's a relief because we've it's had it relief. where the guest yeah. loses the game and it's I know. it's awful. I know. <laughs> so, teaks are rodent-like simian creatures with long pointed ears, scruffy white fur, and beady black eyes that live in the forest moon of Endor. I suggest everyone at home and you guys to Google what a teak looks like because they're incredible. (laughs) Uh, And I'll tell you more about it as you do that. They run so fast that all you see is a blur and they're known for stealing from Ewoks. And arguably the most (gasps) well-known teak is Teak, the companion of the human scout Noah Briquilon, as played by Wilford Brimley in the absolutely real 1985 live-action made-for-TV movie Ewoks, The Battle for Endor, which was a sequel to the 1984 movie Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure, both starring Warwick Davis as the Ewok Wicket W. Warwick. Okay. My I okay. God. First first thoughts. First thoughts. This this creature looks like <laughs> Seth. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> For our podcast listeners out there, now you all know what he looks like. <laughs> I 
I want. I. I. I am so. I'm okay. First of all, I'm very lucky that Seth isn't here to defend himself. Because <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. What, what did you? I just looked at the teak, Ron. What, oh, what did I miss back there? Uh, nothing, nothing. But you can. Just, uh, I was just gonna. Uh, hey guys, it's been great. I gotta go. Um, I gotta okay. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I feel like them making not one but two Ewok movies is the equivalent of the Minion movies that we have oh, now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 1,000 percent. Like, hey, everybody loved these cute little guys. Let's yeah. milk them for all they're worth. Ewok prequels <laughs> out the wazoo. Ewok plushes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone was posting Ewok memes on uh, just the yeah. bulletin boards at their community Ooh, center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the uh, the the battle movie, the Minions versus the Ewoks, oh, a la Freddy versus Jason. So funny that and that oh, and that God. is two Jason references in the same podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Two, and on that note, beautiful. we have to bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ron, you win the game. Congratulations, you are the Greeble King. Oh, I'm the Greeble King. Ah, uh, I'm a Greeble Gross. Always you truly are. You're the grossest of greeble grosses. <laughs> <laughs> and the greebliest of greeble grosses. And the greebliest, yes. Uh, I can't wait to put a whole bunch of trash on my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do that, Ron. And thank you so much for coming on the program yeah. today. We hope you had a blast and I learned a, a little something along the way. Thank you very yeah. much for having me. This was such a joy. Thank you, guys. We're so happy to have had you. For the folks at home, can you let them know where you can be found online uh, or perhaps in person. You can find me on social media at Ronnie Gross Jr. That's on Facebook, Instagram, whatever is the the was left of Twitter at this point. <laughs> uh, you could find me if you're in the Orlando area. You could find me at Universal Studios in the production of Grinchmas, our live production of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I will be playing Yukaria for thousands and thousands of tourists thinking that this is a ride. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, follow, yeah, you can follow my music on Spotify and mus- uh, Apple Music and wherever you get your music. And then you could find me on the moon where I will be uh, trying to recoup the $5,000 that I spent to get on this podcast. <laughs> so funny. Fair, fair, fair. Yes. Ron, follow his social media. He's a very talented musician. Absolutely. The cream of the crop. It's Thank you again stuff. for joining us today, Ron. Remember, for those of you at home, you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media as well, on Facebook and Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast, and on TikTok at Butter No Parsnips. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout out either on social media or right here on the podcast. So thanks so much to Heather B, Monica of Top Music, Lori M, Pensive Primate, Day D, Rob R, Jessica M, Randall H, Fran I, Stephen I, and Ronnie G. <gasps> thanks so <gasps> much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Kyle Imperator. I've been Emily Moyers, and you've been Ron Gross. And this has been Butter No Parsnips. <laughs>